Hello and welcome to the Multiverse of Badness, the comic book podcast that proves that sometimes your first idea maybe is the best one. I am the unwanted second child, Zach. And I am Mike, and the only time your first opinion or idea is the worst one is when you decide to lead off your podcasting with us. Follow us. Let us come in a little bit later after some other great podcasts, like the Let's Read Spider-Man podcast. We had those guys on recently. We'd like to thank them again. Thank you, James B., Eddie. It was a real good time. It was. It was. Hopefully, we'll be on their show within the next week or two, I believe, and I'm excited to hear that because we don't get invited many places. Though I am, to let everyone know, the Stu World Order had me on an episode that will probably be coming out in about a month and a half. Excellent. There we go. We are enterprising. We are spreading into other podcasts. I reviewed the Spawn movie, which is... Oh, nice. Not not to spoil anything, it's awful. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Do you remember the Spawn animated series? Just to go completely off topic on what we're actually here to talk about today. No, I don't, because I'm 50 years old, so I was already a full-ass grown man, so while I may be immature, I'm not quite that immature. Oh, no, it was like a HBO thing. It was a full-ass grown man animated Spawn series. It was really good. Did not know that. Now you got me interested. I'm intrigued. Well, you should be intrigued, because we are, in fact, here to talk about not Spawn, but Funny Man. Who? (laughs) Funny Man? Uh... I think I may have read the wrong comic book, thankfully. Actually, I read the right comic book, and <laughs> it was a lot to deal with. So just to really introduce the clown prince of crime fighting, funny man himself, Larry Davis, by day, is a successful stand-up comedian, but by night, fights crime in a clown outfit under the guise of funny man. Now, What's really exciting about Funny Man is the history of the character. For you see, blazon on the front cover, it says, The creators of Superman present their new hero, Funny Man. Why? And I'm serious here. I, I want to ask this question all seriousness. You invented a superhero that literally can do everything. I guess maybe the logic is he can do everything except be funny. So then we're going to create a hero that is only funny. Well, I think honestly, and the, because this book, when we get to it, is in three stories. And the middle one is genuinely one of the most biting pieces of satire I've ever read in my life. (laughs) Uh, But they had worked for DC on Superman. Not only did they create a superhero, they created superheroes. Before Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster's superheroes just weren't a thing. And obviously, you know, they worked on the book, but they sold the rights to Superman to DC Comics for like $150. And there were legal battles. And when they finally left, they were like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to go out on our own. Uh, They hooked up with their friends at Magazine Enterprises, who is the publisher of Funny Man, and created... Larry Davis, funny man, as their next hero. Right. This is a whole lot like, let's say the the guy that was the original drummer for the Beatles. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go off and have my own band. And this is the original drummer (laughs) for the Beatles here. It's honestly, when you take into consideration, obviously, when we say take into consideration their work on Superman, it's the fact that they created Superman and therefore the entirety of superheroes as we know them. Uh, If you want to learn more about that, nice little plug for the Mob Squad, pick up the book Super Gods 
by Grant Morrison. I'm reading it at the moment, and it is phenomenal history of superheroes as a genre. Yeah, take it through the lens of they created it, not like their work on the books. Because if you go back and you read those first Superman books, they are hammy as all shit. Well, sure they are. I look back at your explanation here. It's kind of like how penicillin was created. It was a happy accident. It was never intended to be this good. So they create a penicillin with Superman. And then after that, they're just leaving dirty Petri dishes around and hoping that shit will grow in it. And it's just gross. And it is gross because it, what they came up with was a fucking clown. Quite literally. <laughs> this guy is a fucking clown. And who does he look like on this cover, might I ask? So the cover, to talk about it, uh, it, he is in a very flamboyant pose, the funny man, shooting, as Mike so aptly pointed out, uh, before the mics went hot, out of what seems to be his chest, a uh, telescopic boxing arm, which is knocking out a stereotypical pirate? (laughs) Uh, Maybe a strong man, but either way, he does have a gun, so he is threatening, and as we mentioned... Funny Man is simply a comedian, not to, as I like to say, not to spoil any of the story we're going to spoil that's 70 years old. (laughs) I mean, the one thing that really struck me looking at the cover was the fact that uh, he looks like the Joker. He does. Though his hair is not green. It is odd because it's like they couldn't decide which way they wanted to take it because he starts out on the cover with yellow hair and throughout the entirety of the rest of the book he has red hair. I just like that on the first splash page where you're introduced to the character, uh, with the Funny Man logo at the top, what's um, Conan O'Brien doing? Poking his head out. (laughs) He's a funny man. What did you expect? Well, this this might come to my theory of how we'll bring Funny Man into the real world, but we'll get to that at the end of the show, as we always do. So let's talk Funny Man. So, as we say, uh, the main cast of characters we really have in this book are Larry Davis, Funny Man, and his girlfriend slash manager. Is she really his girlfriend? I read up on it. They Later on in this epic six-issue run, <laughs> six issues is all we ever got of Funny Man, it is uh, mentioned that they are exclusively an item which would explain why he grabs her by the chin so fucking often (laughs) well also if you didn't know funny man was also a comic strip for a while as was one of the secondary characters after the fact because they didn't give up after the six issue run they actually tried to turn him into a guest daily or weekly strip that went over about as well as the funny man comic which is like a turd in a punch bowl So you can tell the care and attention that went into setting up Funny Man as a character because you get his entire origin story within the first three panels of the book. Essentially, his girlfriend slash manager, June, uh, June Farrell, sets up as a publicity stunt for him to foil a fake crime where they'll get an actor to pretend to be a villain. He can foil it dressed up as a clown. Ha ha ha. But old Larry only goes and foils a real crime now, doesn't he? But he got a boner for fighting crime from that one time he accidentally stopped a criminal, and therefore his rational decision as a world-famous comedian would be, whenever I'm not being funny, I will dress up as a clown and attack people. Right, and the other thing that throughout this entire book that I love is, it actually makes sense now, because I thought it was just because she was his manager, but knowing that she is his love interest as well, throughout this entire book, she's worried about him 
losing his career as a comic or somebody stealing his shit. And she continues to repeatedly say, you, he makes thousands of dollars a week. Why <laughs> is he doing this? It's like, yeah, you know what? She's, she's tethered to this guy, so I get it. So, as I say, there's three stories. The first story, Funny Man in The Teenage Terrors. Uh, it opens with your average scene, as you'd expect, which was looked like uh, Conan O'Brien being spear-tackled by Lex Luthor in front of a speeding train. Right, and that really just doesn't go with the rest of the story. It's just a splash page. So it, it'll lead you in, though. There is a train later on, but none of this is occurring. Not at least to this degree. <laughs> No, what actually happens is uh, kids are going up to celebrities and asking for autographs, like a big group of kids, and then, oh, no, they'll accidentally fall down, and when everyone gets up and is okay and the kids go, a bit of jewelry is missing from the celebrity. Right, and in the third panel, I guess it's the third page, uh, second panel, I love how it's literally, when you say they mob the celebrity, they literally knock her down. She's trampled. She's There's just literally a whole swarm of kids just on top of her. Attacking, I guess, is the wrong word, but just taking her shit. <laughs> a $10,000 make. They're having a pile on. They're literally... It's a scrum. A scrum, a dog pile. But they nick a necklace, they run away. Instantly, no more story in the meantime to set up what Larry Davis and June Farrell are doing. No, straight into another crime <laughs> where, again, Hanky Sonota. I love this. So... There is some funny things in here. Uh, there is a Frank Sinatra clone called Hanky Sonota that the kids nick. Uh, his diamond ring by shaking his hand. Uh, John Jonathan, the next one, he gets a pen sprayed in his face and they nick something off him. His wallet. There we go. These kids are up to no good. If only there was a clown that could fight them. Now, the question is this, because what we get next, fortunately or unfortunately, is Larry David, the same thing happens to him, and they take what he believes at the time to be an antique watch. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> However, at this point is when he decides that he's going to do something about all of this crime, because his, this watch has sentimental value. Now, does he even care if he's not robbed? Do they continue to rob in perpetuity? Or would he finally come along and say, hey, I'm going to help old Hanky Sinatra, my buddy out here, and actually try to stop these crimes and recover this merchandise? I genuinely believe it would be if it didn't fall across his lap, then he probably wouldn't do anything about them. But it's because it's inconvenienced him and it would look good for the funny man brand that he decides <laughs> to get involved. Yeah, the funny man brand is very comparative to the multiverse of badness brand. We act like it's important. We act like people care. Nobody cares about the funny man brand. <laughs> well, damn, that's a really hot way to tell me that you don't care about what we're doing here. Moving on. I care. He cares. <laughs> she cares. We care. But outside of our little universe of us and the funny man conglomerate, it's about, yeah, the four people that care the most about the funny man and the multiverse of badness brand were all just mentioned in that sentence. <laughs> so our good friend Larry decides to follow the criminals to like a warehouse because that's where criminals are. And he, yeah. he does jokes. You know, he's funny, man. So it's fair to say he does jokes. And as he's infiltrating the building, he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop through scaffolding going, get me a fall guy. Technically, I guess this makes me a bounder. It's, it's awful. It, it's painful. <laughs> it's not good, but it's on brand. And 
Funny Man is nothing if not on brand. <laughs> but it does get good because the first way you see Funny Man foil a crime is he hides under the table while the criminals and the teenagers are doing the trade-off, like selling all the celebrities' things. Can I break in here? Okay. Because this was the thing of everything that bothered me about this comic. <laughs> this was the thing that bothered me the most. Here we go. To get under this table, a few things have to occur. He jumps off of a board through what happens to be an open window right into where the criminals are. Now, somehow or another, he jumps through an open window and is able to slide under a table in a room full of villains, and nobody saw him do it. It says he's silent, but no. It's not a no, big if room. If a full-ass grown man jumps through a window <laughs> in a room you're in and hides under the table full of legs, it's not an empty table. Somebody's going to fucking notice. But if you look at another panel next to it, uh, the first panel on the page after... You've got four people around the table. You've got chairs blocking entrance. You've got the sofa there. There is absolutely no point of access where he could have jumped through a window and got under that table. <laughs> yeah, he just jumped through the fucking wall. I have no idea what happened here. You know what? I don't think this actually happened. Uh, <laughs> so he decides to reach up onto the table to try get his watch and burns himself on a cigar, as superheroes do. <laughs> right. Yeah, check this out. Notice what it says when the cigar is burning his hand. They usually have sound effects. It says, is it like a fucking buzzer? The hell is going on in this comic? I think this might have been a uh, 40s rudimentary vape, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Those pictures of a guy holding a cell phone back in the 1940s. He had a vape. Then it just so happened that these guys picked it up, too. So obviously he screams burning himself on the cigar, and to make a distraction, he kicks one of the people uh, in the leg, and as you do in that situation as adults, they all decide to have a kick fight under the table. It's a group of men kicking each other's legs under a table to see who wins. But I mean, two panels after that, uh, he socks him square in the jaw and knocks his hat clean off. (laughs) This fight isn't over. The kick fight under the table's over. Now it's time for fisticuffs. But the guy that just got socked in the face, fisticuffs aren't enough for him. He pulls up a fucking chair and <laughs> smashes it over the guy's head. Uh, so all of this uh, all of this ruckus gives Funny Man the perfect opportunity to reach up and grab his watch and have a, a right old chuckle at all these guys fighting. But what looks like... The guy who's swinging a chair around has seemed to have knocked the table over. Or, seemingly, because he has the legs pointing over the table. Are we led to believe he smashed the other guy with the chair so hard he sent him flying over the table, taking the table with him, revealing Funny Man? I think we are, but if you look at the angle of which he hit the guy with the chair, that's not even possible. I don't know. I'd like to believe, if, if this comic book could give me anything, I'd like to believe that this was what happened in this moment. You know what it is going to give you? It's going to give you three villains trying to catch Funny Man, who's already on the other side of the room, and they run headfirst <laughs> into each other. Bong. <laughs> All three of them. So you may not get the reference on, on this next panel. This book does give a lot to talk about. Uh, so this is more probably for British listeners uh, or people who are aware of, like, grime. Funny Man created grime lingo in the next panel because he says... Bye-bye, you bad mans. 
Nope. Nope. Lost on you, but for other people that might make sense. Anyway, moving on. They have this big old, big old fucking fight with the clown, don't they? They've got him. He's tied up. The big boss with his vape in his mouth goes to punch Funny Man, who ducks out of the way, and he ends up socking his henchman in the face. But the next panel is beautiful because he goes, geez, Mike, I'm sorry. And the henchman looks really sad as well. He was just like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to punch you in the face. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. We can still be friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only is it fine, it's fine. It's fine. As long as you let me drown a man. <laughs> this is true. And Mob Squad, I want you to take that into account that if anyone ever punches you in the face, the only way they can have your forgiveness is by drowning someone. <laughs> With their hands tied behind their back. So yeah, somehow, now this is a big boy, the guy that got hit in the face and now wants to drown Funny Man. He is no small guy, so he has a professional comedian with his hands tied behind his back. What happens? The comedian drowns, he dies. It is revealed that Funny Man was Larry Davis. It tarnishes what was his career and his legacy, uh, and he threw it all away just for a wristwatch. Wrong. <laughs> but what does happen, Mike? So, Funny Man, of course, kicks the guy into the lake, and then he goes to call his girlfriend slash manager and gets hit over top of the head by the guy he just kicked into the lake, who now has what appears to be a different color shirt. It changed from orange to red. I guess maybe it's wet, but it's orange in the next panels. <laughs> He's getting drugged across the floor because he's been knocked out seemingly, and somehow or another, thankfully for our hero, he is wise enough as he's being dragged across the floor to turn on the gas radiator, which comes in handy. Oh my god, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, so funny man, his plan is, if I die, we all die, and decides to fill the building with gas. And you want me to tell you what happens here? Pretty much, fortunately for Funny Man, everybody else passes out before him and he's able to escape, which is odd considering he has a gun held on him and the way that he keeps from getting shot is literally laughing the entire time. So he's breathing in as much of this gas as fast as he can and somehow or another, literally, when it's to let the listeners know, they have told Funny Man, you can keep laughing and once you stop laughing, we're going to blow your fucking head off. So now Funny Man has to laugh, and he continues to laugh and laugh and laugh, and they show a headstone what ha is going to happen to Funny Man if he stops laughing. It says, here lies Funny Man. He laughed himself to death. <laughs> They're not wrong, but in this case, fortunately, Funny Man outlasts everybody, breaks open a window, lets the gas out the window, calls the cops, gets all of the criminals sent to jail except the vape boy. Ants Pants? What's his name? Anti... His name's Ants for some reason. He doesn't have any Ants-like powers. He just looks like a sleazy businessman from the 40s. Sleazy businessman Anthony Ants Ants. <laughs> Welcome to Anthony Ants Ants. Do you like Ants and want to buy Ants? <laughs> so there's a car chase. It looks like funny man carjacks his missus, <laughs> nicks a car and goes chasing after Anthony Ants Ants. And they end up fighting on... A railway. We came back to the beginning of the story, and hopefully that means closer to the end of the story. Very close, thankfully. And what happens here, just to let everybody know, is our friend the funny man hits Anthony Ansance with a shovel about four times. Anthony Ansance is still up and about, it seems like. Somewhere along the way, Anthony Ants put 
funny man's watch on the railroad track on a board. Like out of spite? Like right. what's he planning to achieve there? I don't know. And then funny man is off to the side with a train coming. He still needs to save this valuable watch. So what does he do instead of trying to kick the board or anything? He takes a stone and throws it and somehow or another hits the opposite end of the board and flings the watch about 20 feet in the air to him. (laughs) And then he carries Anthony up a hill. This guy is strong as shit. I just want to address the sound effect they went for when he catches the watch. (laughs) Plop. Now, that doesn't normally strike me as a hand and metal sound effect. That's normally, uh, that, that's a poo sound effect, let's face it. it. It's fitting for a story this shitty, however. So the story winds up, he takes Anthony Ansans to jail, he races into an alley, gets changed in an alley, and then goes straight home. So I don't know why he could have just got changed when he got there. And would you like to, to do the watch reveal? Yeah, pretty much, everybody. He was chasing the fake watch all along because his manager slash girlfriend had swapped out the watches knowing that important shit was getting stolen. But funny man just says, that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever, it's, it's funnier this way. It's like, no, you're just a, you're just an idiot. <laughs> and he is. And it says for a furiously frolicsome gala carnival of gags and atomic action, don't miss a single episode of the comic pages newest sensation. Yes, we're referring to funny man. Six issues. They they had to be referring to somebody else because what I just <laughs> read, nah. So we do have two stories left, however, before we get into our recap. And you get to you get to discuss this one because this seems to be your favorite story, this three-panel belly buster. So the other stories, there isn't really much to them. I think we can probably actually just gloss over them and just give sure. a little bit of an overview. Uh, only because I really want to talk about the second one, which, as I said earlier in the podcast, is just beautifully written satire so obviously uh they created superman and superman created superheroes and everyone was doing their superheroes and there's like this five page story of funny man he's about to fight a crime and save the day when all of a sudden comic man and laugh man who are two other clown based heroes come and they try take his attention and they try take his collar and funny man walks away going, ah, oh, everyone's biting my idea when I'm the original. <laughs> and it, it's just so bitter. There's, there's a lot of hate in that little uh, strip. And I love it very much. Right. But they did catch old flathead flugie. This is true. He needed catching. Yeah. If anything, he was caught and then got away. <laughs> I think he, I think they caught him. Yeah, they caught him. But why would... Right, just... We will... Just one last thing. So they caught him. It starts with him having his photo taken with the police officer who caught him. In the train station. Why why, why isn't he in jail? (laughs) Take the photos in jail, please. Yeah, what kind of police officer is just standing there with a criminal next to him? No handcuffs. Just like, hey, check out the criminal. Oh, he pushed me. (laughs) He pushed me. It's a criminal. Check this guy out. Oh, don't push me, sir. (laughs) <laughs> anyway yeah but then laugh man comic man happy man riveting satire and the last story is just him chasing a toy kangaroo yeah to let everyone know why he's chasing a toy kangaroo we get a very does it sim- matter it does like Sim- does it matter similar story <laughs> shit's getting stolen this time the girlfriend hides her ring in a toy kangaroo that somehow hops across half the city before funny man can actually catch it and he gets the diamond ring back and 
they decide that it's a bad idea for Funny Man to be buying kid stuff, and later on he still buys another kid thing because it's Funny Man and he's funny and shit. And ends with, this is where we came in. So long, folks, until next month, when once again we bring you the chuckle-crammed action-loaded adventures of Funny Man. Do you have the last page that says, it's a killer diller? Oh, manhunt, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a killer diller is, but it's a killer diller. It's a killer diller. <laughs> so, with all that said, I think we thankfully ended the Funny Man saga. So we have to determine how many of something the funny man gets and how he comes into the real world. What should we rate him on, Zach? Toy kangaroos. Okay. How many toy kangaroos would you give this? If it wasn't for that three-page fuck you to the world that they decided to put into the middle of it, it would be one. It would just be one. It annoyed me. It was horrible. The history of it is so depressing. But then they saved it with that little, uh, that little bit of snark in the middle. So I'll give it a two. Two toy kangaroos. Okay. I probably should go with toy kangaroos, but I think I'm going to go with gas-emitting radiators. So how many gas-emitting <laughs> radiators would I give this? Well, if we're really talking gas-emitting radiators, I would give it a five to put an end to my misery faster. But if we're actually considering this as a good thing, I'm going to actually give a little bit of a hot take here. This wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's stupid, but it's ish it is 1949 <laughs> you know i'm giving it i'm looking at this through the perspective of the time period and as you mentioned let we've all read our terrible batman and superman stories i found this to be as or more interesting some than some of those old ones i knew there's no longevity to this character but i'm still going to give it instead of just a simple two i'm going to give it two and a half gassy radiators there we go. A little bit of hope from Mike for a change. That was nice to see. <laughs> I think I've been a little less harsh than I than I started out. I think we found your pocket. Yeah, the white rabbit kind of softened. <laughs> so we need to bring Funny Man into the public attention, but he is the first free agent that we've had as a character. He is not affiliated with a publisher. He's in the public domain. We don't have to fit to an existing cinematic continuity. Mike, what would you do to bring Funny Man to the people? I, I don't want to see this guy, honestly. This guy <laughs> is what you would consider perfect for a comic book, okay? And as far as bringing him into the real world, I don't want Funny Man in the real world. I wouldn't watch this. There are plenty of bad superhero stories I would watch translated to television or the real world. This is not one of them. I don't want Funny Man in my life at all outside of the pages of a comic book because this is where he shines as little as he's going to. I have a pitch. I, I, I think okay. this actually might be my most confident of pitches I've oh. brought to this section of the podcast. Have you seen or are you aware of the film Nobody that came out recently with Bob Odenkirk? I've, I saw that. It actually came out on Showtime, I think, today. Oh, week. very cool. Uh, so something along those lines, uh, something a bit John Wicky, but maybe a bit Joker. The whole idea being like a dark, gritty reboot of it, where it's not like he's a tortured soul, but maybe you could do it the angle where he does start fighting crime, but the lines start to blur before him in terms of where he stops with it. He starts taking lives, he escalates. So he thinks he's doing the right thing, but it's a, in a very psychopathic kind of manner. 
And I genuinely think we have Conan O'Brien playing. I love the idea of a non-action star in that action role. That's what I mean. Like, have it really action-packed and John Wicky, but with Conan O'Brien doing it. Conan O'Brien is the perfect call, but as far as, I don't know, the the blurring of the lines and things, I think we're getting... I'm, I'm really enjoying the new Peacemaker, and I just don't think anyone can do it quite like John Cena. I think if you're going to let Conan play this, I think you got to go full in on the funny man aspect. No blurring lines. Make it as ridiculous as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, agree to disagree. Fair enough. Just in this case, you're wrong. So regardless of that, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of uh, Zach and I disagreeing for once on the podcast, even though we tend to disagree more often than not, I think we have reached the end of our podcast. So should I tell people how to reach us on the social medias? I believe you should. Okay, you can reach us out on the social medias at Multiverse of Bad, on Twitter at Multiverse of Badness, on Instagram. You can also reach us via email at Superman at MultiverseofBadness.com. You can also reach us at Superman Eat My Chode because you stole our idea, DC, you fucking wankers, at MultiverseofBadness.com. You could even get us at Don't You Love It When Mike Uses a British Slang Term. In his American voice, it really warms my heart at <laughs> multiverseofbadness.com. I do have to admit, being on this podcast with you, I have been picking up more and more uh, Walesian slash British slang. I fucking love that. Yes, I've been using the words gobby little shite, as we all know, in my <laughs> real life, and no one knows what to make of me, but it's fucking fabulous. <laughs> Fuck off, you gobby little shite. <laughs> So with that said, I think we are done this week. Thank you, Funny Man, for being in the public domain because Zach is going to draw pictures of Funny Man and we're going to sell them as NFTs. Actually, we're going to give them away as NFTs. We're not going to do any of that because Zach hates NFTs. He doesn't know what they mean. And also, I just can't be asked to draw, to be honest. It just takes a long time. But regardless, I've never drawn anything of value in my life, so I will shut the hell up. And thank everyone for listening and ask you to leave your dirty shoes at the door, but please come in and enjoy next week another episode of The Multiverse of Badness.